is the Kenny and JT Show on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Some teams are done. Others have one more regular season game to play in boys basketball. And then it's tournament time. So we need to bring in the play-by-play voice of high school basketball here on WHBC to break this all down. We welcome the one, the only, Dan Belford. How are you, Bells? Doing great, Rob, man. How you doing? I'm real good. Thanks for making time for us, Bells. And uh, I joined Billy Beebe and Bob Jeffries the other day at uh, Medina High School as they hosted the Jackson Polar Bears. And Bells, boy, uh, according to the Jackson coaches, that may have been the best all-around game they played. They destroyed Medina 89-63, peaking at the right time, it looks like, for Jackson as co-Federal League champs. Uh, How excited are you about their potential run in this upcoming tournament? Well, you hit it on the head. I think they're they're doing all the right things at the right time. You mentioned what they did to Medina the week prior to that against McKinley or just a few days prior to that. They did the same thing to McKinley when they wow. dispatched them and took them out of the Federal League race at their place. They're, they're beating good teams when they have to. I know it's a Medina team that's a little down this year, but still very talented, very competitive. You know that with the association affiliation you have. Uh, and the history at that school. But, yeah, I really feel Tim DeBevick's team has been a little under the radar all year, and now they are just starting to come to surface, and the spotlight's on them now. I think they really do some good things in the tournament. I mean, Monterubio, he was one of the preseason favorites, maybe for Stark County Player of the Year, right? He's lived yeah. up to the expectations. Bells, he went 18-10-10, and 10, a triple-double oh, according wow. to the stats that the uh, the Jackson coaches gave me. And he wasn't the game's high scorer. That was Cam Weekly who was draining it uh, from long range. So they've got two guys that, that can score the basketball in so many different ways. And, and Monterubio, uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see who ends up being the player of the year in Stark County. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting race this year. This, you know, I mean, there's too many candidates when you look at um... – with Montarubio, you look at Hayden Nigro, or Reed yep. Sims over at McKinley. Uh, Ja'Cory Lipkins, I think, is playing some of his best basketball for Glen Oak down the stretch here. Uh, Chris Knight, Brady Rollison up at Green. Uh, they stumbled a little bit down the stretch. And boy, Brady's one of those, you know, 18, 10, and, and 5 or 10 kids, too. So it, it is, it's a mix of some really talented kids this year that are very deserving. But if anything, I think a Nigro Montarubio might be at the forefront for the player of the year. Because I remember reading an article in the uh, repository, right? Top boys high school players in Stark County. Uh, Unfortunately, Chance uh, Kassenheiser had that foot injury, so he came back late in the season. Uh, Braden Gross, J.R. Jackson at Alliance, Julius Kimbrough, Canton South, Ja'Cory Lipkins, you mentioned, Kyle Monterubio, I mentioned, Hayden Nigro, uh, Brady Rollison, uh, Sims. Uh, We've got some top-notch players this year in Stark County, don't we? You know, they're amazing, too, and it, they all play the game a little bit differently just based on their, their physical attributes and their, their mental acumen of the game and what have you. But uh, I think when you watch Rubio, and I know you probably enjoyed that the other night, how he can finish at the rim, how yeah. he can take you from the right wing to the left wing, finish on the other side of the lane. Uh, Nigro is very much the same kind of player as him. And then we've got other kids who can just spot up and do things all over the court like Sims and Knight. It's a, it's just a, a bounty of kids we have this year, which really made it a, a fun year doing basketball in Stark County. And, and the other thing too, I kept, uh, you know, as I was sitting watching it, and I, I uh, joked with uh, Chris Hassinger, the coach of Medina, the other night after the game. I said, "Did you tell your guys he's left-handed?" 
Uh, did, did, did they know that? <laughs> yeah, so that, isn't that ironic, too, that Hayden Nigro's left-handed as well? Exactly. Um, there are a couple of kids that play the game pretty much the same way. And uh, you don't see too many lefties. And Ja'Cory Lipkins is another kid uh, who, who is a lefty and, and does some wonderful things, too. So, But, yeah, you hit it on the head. That, the game the other night, I saw your the numbers and the quarter-by-quarters and everything, and I said, well, they had to just be fun, even though it was a one-sided of two really nice programs with a lot of heritage who really, you know, even with Medina being a bit down, they're still a team that can hit the tournament, and if you're peaking the other way, they can take you a couple of games deep, and you never know what can happen after that. Yeah, and guess who was in the uh, the audience uh, scouting that game because there's a potential district semifinal matchup in Division One. Tom Siegfried from Louisville was yeah. there watching that game. How about that? You've got to look at all of them and see what can happen. And that's a road that you mentioned, Tom. That's a road they have to take, being yeah. the way they're uh, they're uh, ranked in, in the division they're in. In high school, at D1, which I don't agree with and I never will, um, not that they're not worthy of playing D1 competition, but it certainly makes it tougher for a smaller school uh, to do that sort of thing. But I tell you, if anybody can make a run this year, you know, you mentioned Jackson, Louisville's the other one who can take yep. it deep. And let's go there because of uh, their uh, recent history, right? Uh, the players that have experience on that team. You've got the, the coach's son, the quarterback of the team. You mentioned, uh, you know, Nigro as an outstanding player uh, as well. 19-2 and two only losses to Eds and Iggy's, right? Uh, this is a team that's yeah. going to play its final regular season game, I think, uh, tonight. And then uh, they get ready for uh, tournament play in that same bracket as Medina. How far do you think that Louisville team can go? I think there's no ceiling. I really don't. Uh, if they just play their game, I, I go back to last year. And when I bumped into Tom, I, I believe it was um, in the girls' final when Northwest, uh, we covered Northwest girls when they went to the final four. He said, you know, our our, our bread and butter has been the, the back door, the back cut, you know, as long as he's been there. And he said, we were one back cut away from advancing. And I think possibly that team could have made it to final four last year. Uh, and that's how they lost on a back cut on the baseline. And, they're solid on both ends. I love what they can do defensively. We talk so much about their offense, but they're great on rotating defense. They're great on help defense. They're great if you put them in a 2-3 or a box and one or a man. They can just flip the switch based on the competition, and this is probably as deep and as skilled as any team I've seen him have in the years. I thought it was funny last week, Kenny, because you know JT, and, and justifiably so, he said, when I think Louisville, I think football. And, and that's been the, the mantle over there for years, this football program. But, but you know as well as I do, Tom has put together a program very quietly here over the last 10 or 12 years. He's got a feeder system now and a funnel. And just because this team is maybe one of the best teams he's ever had, that doesn't mean there's not going to be another team that's going to be the best team he's ever had. That's the type of a track record they have going there and the type of depth they have and the numbers they have in the program over at Louisville now. Yeah, and I'm looking at their bracket. They're, I'm, I'm just going to say they're guaranteed to be in the district semifinals. Uh, you know, oh, they, yeah. they play yeah. the 76th seed and then maybe the 73rd seed, I think it is, before maybe getting a challenge from Medina in the semis. Yeah. But, Bells, right. at the bottom of that bracket, we could have McKinley against Glen Oak for the winner to go up against uh, Louisville in the district final. 
you talk about intense if those two yeah. teams match up. Uh, I, I love their I, – I tell you, the game the other night, which had me winded just, just during the game, that 99-93 and 93 loss <laughs> over Tiger to – holy – Denny never looked up from his laptop all night. I mean, if I made a mistake, his numbers are wrong. Let's put it that way. We, it was absolutely a track meet for four quarters. We were waiting for a little breath there somewhere, and there wasn't. And it, it was a, it's so much fun to watch. Both teams are so talented. But I think, um, I think Coach Harrison maybe has the best team he's had since he's been there. Okay. Yeah, they play they play man defense like no other team I've seen this year, maybe outside of McKinley, in terms of their length, their athleticism, the ability to trap and, and turn you over and run you out. That's a very intense group of kids at Glen Oak, and they're developing bench. I think McKinley is still a team that that can go deep, but they'll have the games like uh, where they took Green took away the outright title from Green on Green's home court, and then they turn around and just get smacked by Jackson the next game. And they have a tendency to do that, have the high game and then have the low game. And that's something, obviously, you know, in tournament, when you're you're one and done, they have to get rid of that immediately. All right, I'm telling everybody out there, put this in your calendar. Saturday, December 9th, 2 p.m. at Alliance District Final. It'll be Louisville against either um, Glen Oak or McKinley. That's my prediction yeah. uh, in that bracket, Northeast 2 uh, District. So we'll see how that one uh, plays out. You mentioned Green. Now, I thought it would catch up with them eventually, the injuries, and it did. They still get a share of the yeah. Fed, right? But but the, right. They, they get beat, and that allowed Jackson uh, to uh, backdoor their way in for a share of, of the Federal League Championship. They're the sixth seed in their district, and, and I look down at Jackson. Could we see eventually maybe uh, a Green-Jackson district championship uh, in Northeast 3, uh, that district? I think that's a high likelihood. I really do. Um you know, the, the injuries, as you mentioned, well said, Kenny, it, it's caught up with them a little bit. And you know, I, I think we talked last week, the back-to-back games against Hoban, and, uh, and they came up with, I think, McKinley, it was 37 turnovers in two games, and that's yeah. very unlike Green. They, they minimized it a little bit, uh, that final regular season game, but they're having struggles at the point. And they're very much a catch-and-shoot team when it comes to uh, deep balls, and they were that part of the game by Glen Oak they took away completely. Uh, the young man Fortunato, who went, who just went off the charts against McKinley, I think only got two attempts in the game because they just smothered them. And they're very good, Glen Oak, at, at taking people off their dribble early, and then that creates problems. All of a sudden, you're not setting your offense from 20 feet; you're trying to re- regroup and reset it from 30. But Green's tournament tested, and that's what I like about them. And that's they're always going to find a way to collect themselves. I think the injuries in the long run may limit how deep they go, but this is absolutely a team that you cannot look the other way. Come with their uh, success in the tournament. They have very much the characteristics of a Jackson that will keep them in every game. And as long as they're in the game and if they're just hanging around, there's always the high probability they're going to pull it out. 
All right, I want to correct myself because I think I Ron Burgundy'd it. I read what I wrote down, and what I wrote down was wrong. Uh, that district final, potentially yeah. between Louisville and either Glen Oak or McKinley, is March the 9th, not December the 9th, uh, at 2 uh, p.m. And yeah. Yeah. same date, March the 9th on a Saturday, 2 p.m., we could have Green against Jackson, although Mentor and Coach Krasancic will have something to say about Green getting there, oh, as yeah. will Dover uh, against Jackson in, in that bracket. So we'll see how it plays out. All right, tell me a little bit about East Canton, because the other day uh, we're doing the show from Medina High School, JT and I, and, and we're talking about, you know, uh, what, what's the biggest kid in the area? And I did not know that uh, East Canton, Caleb Schilling, is listed at 6'10", 200 pounds, and all of a sudden, uh, I looked this up, East Canton in Division Four is a number nine seed. So this is a pretty good team, and I think he went off for like 42 points the other day. Yeah, he did. And, you know, it's funny because I think East Canton is kind of enjoying being on the peripheral right now okay. where people are focused on everybody else. And they got a nice little giddy-up going over there, a nice program. That Schilling kid's averaging 23 and 12 on the year. Wow. And this is a kid who gets doubled and tripled a lot, which opens up things for teammates. You know, he distributes out to them. But they're a solid group of kids, and they do a lot through him offensively, but they're a very sound team defensively where they can, if they can, uh, they would like to slow you down, get you in half court, run when they can. But this is a very nice ball club. I think if you were to put a star on somebody that could be a spoiler or a deserving winner, in the tournament, the Hornets have got to be one of those teams. If you're not paying attention here, then you've been really looking with your focus the other way in that division and in those brackets because they could be a force if, if they keep what they've been doing at a consistent level. And Brian tells me also they have a six seven kid, senior Jaden McLeod, yeah. so they've got some size uh, at East Canton. Uh, what about Sandy Valley? As I look uh, at all the seating of teams in our area, right? They're one of the yeah. highest-seeded teams, and they're in Division Three. They're a six-seed. What about the Cardinals' uh, chances? I think I think they're very dangerous. I really do. Um, I think they're more deserving than a six-seed, to be quite honest, in my opinion. They have what it takes uh, offensively. They, they work it around the perimeter so well. They're yeah. a very good inside-out and outside-in team. They can adjust to multiple defenses that are thrown at them. They can switch it up in a heartbeat. And they get after it. This team, again, another team that's just been a little under the radar despite the one-loss record. But I truly believe of teams that come to mind, I, I think of uh, East Canton, I think of Central, I think of Sandy Valley, Canton South. Or those are four teams that could really go out on any given night in the tournament and take out a higher seed in a heartbeat. They really could. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they all unveil as we get into the tournament, because I really feel those are four teams that all could make it to the district final game. What about Malvern? I think they may be the only undefeated team. I think I read this not only in, in Stark County or Northeast Ohio. They may be the only undefeated team left in the state in their division or something like that. Yeah, that's what I heard. And, and what about them? How about that, huh? It's yeah. not easy to run the table in any sport. And I think even more so in basketball. When I mean, look as good as Louisville is, and they, they had two losses to two very good programs. But to run the table, yeah, this Malvern team has been the, been the chatter and the talk all year. And I've never had a chance to see them yet. I know people who have and say mm -hmm. they just are a team that has no fear. They have a wonderful 
posture, the way they play the game. They play it at a high IQ level. Uh, they have a, an extreme confidence, not a cockiness, and they take no one for granted. And they're really the type of team, Kenny, from a, a person I know who's covered quite a few of their games. If they're meant to take you out because you're, you're below the program uh, at, at the level they play, they take you out. They don't let you hang around. And if you're a good team and you're at their level, they take you out as well. They wow. don't have many close games. And the, one, and the games that they've had that have been close, they manage to, to get what they need to get done before the final buzzer, and that equates to an undefeated season. They have been a joy for the people over in Malvern, and there's a team. Again, we've got some local guys and, and, and kids here on the fringe of Stark County that, that can make a really, really deep run this year. Bells, great stuff as always. We look forward to you and Denny, Billy, and Bob uh, with the tournament calls on WHBC Radio, whbcsports.com. Go there. We'll have the games that we're going to be doing posted, and uh, we'll have you on throughout the tournament. All right, bud? Looking forward to it, my friend. Thanks.